Good evening, Waypoint Church. It's Christmas Eve. It's our celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we are so glad you have joined us. Now, obviously, I'm trying to act excited, but I'm sad because normally this sanctuary would be filled with people. We'd have the children's program. There'd be families and grandparents, and, and we'd be just singing and praising, and we're still going to do that. We're going to do that with you, and wherever the Spirit is and God's people are, He is there. So we are going to celebrate the birth of Christ tonight, and we understand that these circumstances are not ideal, and we look forward to coming back together and worshiping together, but we are going to celebrate the birth of Christ tonight, and we have just an awesome worship service planned, and we're going to just thank God for this opportunity to worship Him together, even though we're in separate homes scattered throughout the triangle. We praise God and we thank Him. The Song family will light the Christ candle. We will hear the Luke story. We'll have Pastor Lawrence give us just a short message about hope and the birth of Christ. And we will sing the songs that we love to sing to praise God and to honor the, the newborn King, to honor Jesus Christ, our Savior. And this morning for our call to worship, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 9. And we've been studying Isaiah as a church, as we've been studying Isaiah and Matthew together this Advent season, and we'll continue on through Easter. And in Isaiah 9, the people are just living in darkness, and he makes this proclamation about hope in the Messiah. He says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, and we know from Matthew 2 that Jesus lives in Galilee, that Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And tonight we will light the candle of Christ, because he is the light that shines. Let's pray. God, be with us as we worship you. We give you all the praise and all the glory that you are the light of the world and you are our hope. And we rejoice as we remember and reflect on the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas, Waypoint. We love you. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Waypoint! Hi, dear Waypoint family, this is Joy McHale, your Director of Missions. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, Waypoint! We love you and we miss you. So excited to be celebrating Advent this season with you all, even though through uh, virtual means. Excited to uh, be doing life together and trusting the Lord together. Hope that you have a great Christmas. What did the first snowman say to the second snowman? I don't know. Does this smell like carrot to you? Uh-huh. <laughs> One of our Christmas traditions is to have an ornament for different things that we've done this year. So the ornament of the year for 2020 is made by Grace's sister, Little Playland. This is us doing our various interests and activities. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas,
Waypoint for about nine months, all virtual. We heard about it through、um, a few different friends. One of the things that God has been teaching our family is that in the midst of this pandemic,、uh, to have greater patience as well as to appreciate the simple things such as、uh, family gatherings and just lots of time with your kids. So on Christmas Eve, we light. All of the candles of the Advent wreath. First, we light the candle for hope because Jesus is our hope. Second, we light the candle for peace because Jesus is our hope and peace. Third, we light the candle of joy because Jesus brings us joy. Fourth, we light the candle for love because Jesus is love. Finally, we light the center candle. This is the Christ candle. Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah. So, by lighting the Christ candle tonight, we are declaring that Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ is our salvation. Jesus Christ is our hope. Jesus Christ is our light. At the beginning of the Gospel of John, we read, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. 
he came to his own people, all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let us pray. Great God of love and light, we praise you that 2,000 years ago, you came and brought light into this dark world to save us and make all things new. Lead us now by the light of your life, light of your love, that we may follow you to new life in Jesus Christ. In celebration of the birth of our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Waypoint Church, hope you all are doing well. As many of you know, we take a love offering every year at the end of the year to present at the Christmas Eve service to show our appreciation for all of our staff for all their work throughout the year. Um, This year, since we're doing it virtually, I have mailed all the gifts in the mail, so be on the lookout for that. But I also wanted to take some time to recognize and appreciate all of our staff um, for all of their hard work this year. So Pastor Lawrence, Pastor Danny, Pastor Eric, Sharon, Erica, Joy, Megan, Grace, um, Nathan, Ryan, and Jason. Thank you all for all of your hard work this year, um, for being adaptable in a, in a crazy year, as well as thank you for your love for God, um, for the church. And uh, we really appreciate everything you do. We love you all and uh, hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Take care. Hello. 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 This is the story 
of Christmas. Hi everyone, my name is Sean and I'm Ethan and we're going to tell you the story um, when Jesus was born. <laughs> this is the story of Christmas. Hi, I'm Jesus. Christmas story. I'm Bennett. I'm going to tell you about the Christmas story. Once upon a time, many, many, many years ago, there was a virgin named Mary. One day, Mary was at her home. Suddenly, an angel appeared in her house out of nowhere. And he said, don't be afraid. I'm just an angel. So the angel said, do not be afraid. I get bring you news. You're going to have a baby. baby. We're going to name him Jesus. Ah, Jesus. And the kid's name was Jesus. 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 Baby Jesus. And Mary said, how can that be possible? I'm not even married. And the angel said, but for God, all things are possible. Then she told Mary about her cousin Elizabeth and how she had a child even though she was really old. And so um, Mary went to go see Elizabeth and they were both really happy because they were both gonna have children. Joseph was Joseph? sleeping and um, one night an angel came okay. and in dream and said, he, you, you, you are you gonna have a baby. You, no, you will have a baby, and your your yeah. your um your, your wife is gonna is going to be married. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone, and everyone went to their own town, town to register. So then Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem to um, stay in the Bethlehem city. They were going to find somewhere that has food and animals, but but people said, no, 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 don't come, don't come. And so they had to go to a different place to find uh, another area. One of the innkeepers said, I don't have room, but I do have a stable. So so they, they went to the stable. There was all the animals and sheep and donkeys, pigs, cows, Horses and donkeys and chickens and roosters. Owl and bird. Donkey, sheep, donkey, camel. What else kind of animal? What? At the end, Jack. Sheep, cows, donkeys. The Joseph made a warm place for Mary to rest. And then while they were there, baby Jesus was born. And the baby Jesus was born. Baby Jesus, Jesus was born. And then baby Jesus was born on top of um like some kind of crib. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and lied him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. No way in a manger, no crib for your bed. The end told you Jesus, the sheep on a head. There was a big star that hung right over the stable. Then more angels came to the shepherds that were out on the fields watching their sheep and the angels 
said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Um, there, there is a, a savior, savior who is born in Bethlehem. And he is special. They, many angels sing and praise the Lord. Heart, the halo. Heart, the halo, angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. And then um, the shepherds ran to Bethlehem and they told, and they found little baby Jesus and they told everyone about the new savior. They were, they didn't know that a prince a king can be born in a stable. So they went to that stable and then they saw the baby wrapped in cloth and they praised to him. God told the shepherds that Jesus was there. They also have a safe travel to their home. The wise men were saw the a star of Bethlehem and they packed up everything and they they had packed the presents and rode on the camel. Until they stopped to see King Harold and King Harold tricked them. He said he wanted um to worship Jesus and he was just lying. King Herod was mad. Mad? He was mad about it. Yes, he was. And then the three kings followed the star. And then, but it took them forever. So then they they gave Jesus gifts when they got there. The wise men gave him treats and candy and treasure. Uh, they gave gold, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense, frankincense, and myrrh. Myrrh, myrrh. He's so, he's he's carrying uh, spices. Spices for who? For Jesus. Nice smelling spices. And gold mm-hmm. and myrrh. And. Good. What would you have brought Jesus? Frankincense. Frankincense, yeah. And then the wise men say, so beautiful. And they all celebrated Jesus' birth. What did Jesus do for us later when he grew up as a man? Oh. Oh, died on the cross. He died on so he could save me and Autumn and you and Bobby and Mommy and um, everybody else in the world. What is Christmas about? Big. Big God? Baby. Becomes a little baby. Baby. Friendly to God. Hear the word of God from Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, verse 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. So that's the story of Jesus. Bye. It's the end. The end. Thank you. The end. 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 Bye bye. The end. I hope you like um this video. Bye. What? Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.
Hear the word of God from Luke's Gospel, starting with chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Merry Christmas, Waypoint Church. I'm coming to you from outside of a barn here in order to bring a different perspective this year to Christmas Eve service. Our culture has managed to turn the idea of a manger and a barn into a romanticized notion of an idyllic place to give birth. We have a beautiful manger scene with peaceful animals and a cozy bed for Jesus. But remember that Mary and Joseph were cast off into a stable, into a barn, because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no other place for them to go. Barns were not pretty places. It were not pretty places to have weddings. They were places where they kept the animals. Dirty, smelly places. And a manger isn't another word for a crib or a bed. Luke is the only writer in the Bible to use the word manger in the New Testament. And manger, the actual word that we use, comes from the Latin word for chew or eat. It refers to a trough where horses and donkeys and cattle ate from. For example, in Luke 13, 15, it says, The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall or manger and lead it out to give water? And in the most famous Christmas paragraph in the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, he brings our attention to the manger intentionally three different times. Luke 2, 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room for available for them. Luke 2, 12, this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Luke 2, 16, so they heard off about Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. So why does Luke focus so heavily on the fact that Jesus was born in a manger? Or born in a stable, lying in a manger? I want to give you three reasons tonight. One, because it was dirty. Now I'm sure Joseph and Mary did the best they could to to clean it up, to do the best they could, but I'm pretty sure they were busy um, with the whole giving birth thing without a doctor and a midwife. The manger was a place an animal ate out of it, where they ate from, dirty, slobber and all. Luke wants us to know that the first crib for the Son of God was a dirty, lowly manger. Now, if there's anything that Luke's account of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem that's often made clear to us is that Christmas is kind of the opposite of what we in this world and our culture and our media has made it out to be now. Christmas is about God in the midst of dirt. A child that was born in a barn, not in a clean hospital or a clean room in the inn. Christmas is about suffering. It's about a woman giving birth in the middle of the night by herself. It is precisely in this debunking and dismantling of our Christmas mythology that we can begin to behold the true wonder and glory of Christmas. There is incredibly good news for us in this dirty Christmas. In this all-too-ordinary birth in Bethlehem, we meet God, not in this holy, majestic, um, attention-trumpet-seeking way, 
but instead in a merciful, loving manner, unlike anything else in this world. This is a guy who set aside everything, privilege and power, to be born in the midst of our dirt, in the stench of a barn. And God, this is, this is good news. Why? Because when we find ourselves cold and dirty, when we find ourselves bogged down in the struggles of life that has never seemed to fulfill our dreams, when our eyes are filled with pain and disappointment because another year has, has gone by and the problems that we face are still there, what we need to do is we look to the dirty birth in Bethlehem and see that there is a child there whose name is Emmanuel, God with us, in the midst of the dirt, in the midst of the pain, to assure us that there is nothing too dirty, nothing too painful to separate us from his love. God is with us and he loves us. And in this child, God has chosen to carry all of our sins and our grief, all of our dirt, all of our pain, all of our sorrows and our tears, all the way to the cross, where at last will be destroyed once and for all. Luke mentions the manger because it's intentionally dirty to show that the dirt of our human condition, the dirt of this world, cannot separate us from him and he was willing to enter into the dirty places. Two, the manger is specifically mentioned by Luke because it wants to show and symbolizes his concern for the hungry, and sp- both spiritually and physically. Remember that the manger is a feeding trough. It's a place to get fed. It's where the animals eat. And it's where food is placed for the animals to eat. And there was Jesus placed in it. And later on in Jesus' life, he performed a miracle where he fed thousands of people and there were left over 12 baskets of food, one for each of the tribes of Israel, to show that he is able and willing to feed all people. He is the bread, he is the sustenance that we need. So when when we are hungry, we know that he is the one that feeds us. And can I tell you, we are so spiritually hungry in this day, aren't we? Our souls, our spirits long to be fulfilled, to be nourished, to have energy. One of the most common things I've heard during this COVID time is that they just feel, people just feel like lacking in energy and desire. And can I tell you that it is Jesus who answers the spiritual hunger that's inside, that's inside of us. And on this day when he was born in a, in a stable and placed in the manger, it symbolizes that he is the answer to our malnutrition. He's the answer to our sustenance. He nourishes us and he feeds us three the manger was a sign of the type of life and death jesus will embrace mark 10 says for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many this idea that jesus came not to be a king or ruler who lords over his position overall commands everybody what to do instead he came to serve and his position of birth in a lowly place showed that that's what his life was about, it was a life of service. In Philippians, Paul says that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Charles Spurgeon says, I think it was intended thus to show forth his humiliation. He came, according to prophecy, to be despised and rejected of men, a man of service and acquainted with grief. He was to be without form or comeliness, a root out of dry ground. Would it have been fitting that the man who was to die naked on the cross should be robed in purple at his birth? Would it not have been inappropriate that the Redeemer who is to be buried in a borrowed tomb should be born anywhere but in the humblest shed and housed anywhere but in the most ignoble manner? The manger and the cross standing at the two extremities of the Savior's earthly life seem most fit and congruous to the one or the other. He's to wear through life a peasant's garb. He's to associate with fishermen. The lowly are to be his disciples. The cold mountains are often to be his only bed. He used to say, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. Nothing. Therefore, could he more fitting than that in his season of humiliation, when he laid aside all his glory and took upon himself the form of a servant and condescended even to the meanest estate, he should be laid in a manger." Jesus came to earth in the humblest of ways. He came to be a servant, and then servants get dirty. And not only was he born in a dirty stable and placed in a dirty manger, uh, manger, during his ministry, he spent his time with people who the world seemed and deemed dirty. People no one else would touch or even want to be around. The lame, the sick, the lepers, the, the woman unclean because of the issue of blood. There were the prostitutes, the demon-possessed, the tax collectors, and the sinners. 
And of course, Jesus got dirtiest on the cross. That's where he bore our stain, our filth, our dirt, our sin. Jesus came to get dirty. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't come to receive praise and honor. He came to minister, to serve, and to give. When Jesus came, he was rejected and abused. And here's the thing, the people in our society don't give. They're not connected to dots. They will welcome an innocent, beautiful baby Christ child, but they reject, but they, and they don't reject the baby in the manger, but what they reject is the Savior on the cross, knowing that the manger is pointing the picture to that cross where he will eventually go. And that's what Christmas is all about. The baby in the manger was born to die. He came to serve and to give his life. John Donne in his sermon on December 25th in 1626 says this, The whole life of Christ was a continual passion. Others died martyrs, but Christ was born a martyr. He found a Golgotha even in Bethlehem. For to his tenderness to then, the straws were almost as sharp as the thorns after. And the manger was uneasy at first as his cross at last. His birth and his death were but one continual act. And his Christmas day and his Good Friday are but the evening and morning of one and the same day. The Christ of the manger is the Christ of the cross. He came in humility to a little town called Bethlehem. He came in humility to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Max Lucado in his book, God Came Near, says this. When God chose to reveal himself to mankind, what medium did he use? A book? No, that came secondary. A church? No, that became because of. A moral code? No, to, to limit God's revelation to a cold list of do's and don'ts is as tragic as looking at a Colorado roadmap and seeing that you've seen the Rockies. When God chose to reveal himself, he did so through a human body. The tongue that called forth the dead was a human one. The hand that touched a leper had dirt under its nails. The feet upon which the woman wept were calloused and dirty. And his tears, they came from a heart as broken as yours or mine has ever been. So people came to him. They came at night, they touched him as he walked down the street, they followed him around the sea, they invited him into their homes and placed their children at his feet. Why? Because he refused to be a statue in a cathedral or a priest in a pulpit. God came instead to be Jesus. Do you see him? Jesus is the one who came, the mediator between God and man. Our sins separated us from God and we needed a savior. We needed a lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We need to crucify Jesus to forgive our sins. We need to sacrifice to turn away God's wrath. We need the cross where the beautiful intersection, the most powerful intersection of mercy and justice meet. We need Jesus, the one who was born in a manger to die on a cross. This Christmas, we need to look beyond the manger. We need to avoid the temptation to keep Jesus as a baby, to never let him grow, to be despised and rejected, humiliated, and ultimately to die on the cross for our sins. This Christmas, when we celebrate the manger scene, and we come together as a family, may we know that the manger pointed to the cross. And my people, this Christmas, may you see this Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the fact that you came and you were God with us, but you came into a lowly estate. You came and was born in a manger God, that you came into our dirt, into our darkness, and you shone a light into the darkest of places. God, we thank you that in, in your birth in the manger shows us that you're willing to enter into our place, to be with us, to humble yourself. God, to be the God that feeds our hungry estate, that feeds our need spiritually and physically. But God, ultimately, that you came to serve and to be a ransom for many. At the manger, pointed to the cross, ultimately, that you always knew, even from the moment that you were born, that the cross was your destination. And you did it with love. So God, may we not miss you. Jesus, may we not miss you this Christmas. May we see that the manger and the cross were all part of the same destination, all part of the same goal. God with us, reconciliation, man with you, so that your kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
So as we bring our Christmas Eve service to a close, hear from the, the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians. He writes, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And so Waypoint Church, as, as we reflect on this baby's birth, as we reflect on, on the advent, the arrival of Jesus, and as we look for his, his second coming, may we remember too what Jesus has done for us, what the, the birth of Jesus means for us. That, that Isaiah says that this, this child has come for us. It's to us that we are to receive Jesus. And that through receiving him, we are being given new hearts through his spirit. And we are not, not just being pardoned, but we're, we're being made uh, heirs, that we are God's children, that he, we are his beloved and he cares for us. May we look to him, may we receive him in that way. May we rejoice in this news. May that be the spirit that we leave uh, tonight with. And so as we close, let's, let's close in a word of prayer. As, as, as thank, hearts of thanksgiving and, and joy, joy overflowing for what God has done for us. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you so thankful God, that you are a God who, who brings redemption and that, God, you, you have done it through your son, Jesus, and that you bring us in as your children. 
God, that you give us new hearts, you've made us, you've washed us clean, that we are being made new, that this is, this is what the, the dawning joy of, of Jesus' arrival means to us, and that God, you sustain us to the end, that even, even today, as we keep going, as we press on, God, that all the promises that you fulfilled in Jesus will be complete, total, full, that one day you will consummate all of your promises, all of your plans, and it's because of Jesus that we have hope. So as we think about this, this baby being born to us, Lord, maybe also look ahead with great anticipation of a future joy of peace eternal. God, we pray for it. Would, your, would Lord Jesus come? And as we wait, would you sustain us through the power of your spirit? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas, Waypoint Church. Have a great night. Have a great Christmas.